I'm not even going to tell you what song I'm going to sing at you. I'm just going <clears> to <throat> sing it. Um, the first note is like, uh... So I'm just going to blast in with, with the song. You're not going to know what it is, but then you are going to know what it is, and I expect it to harmonize perfectly first time. Okay. Two, three. That note was completely false, by the way. I just made that note up off the top of my head. The pressure's on. One, two, three, four. I got a picture of you in my mind. Never knew, knew it, it could, could be, be so wrong. wrong. <laughs> I'm fucking terrible. So welcome to Phil and Dave's Excellent Adventure, where we talk about rock and metal. I am not Phil. Uh, I am similarly not Dave. Um, but it's, it seems a, a bit of a a weird thing to start off a rock and metal podcast with the uh, boys on. Yeah, it's just, it was stuck in my mind. I'm the easiest person in the world to earworm. Like, Annabelle, um, my, my middle daughter, Annabelle, she, God, how long ago was this? This is my my youngest stepdaughter, Rick, who we've talked about before. It's his daughter. Um, she's I can't even remember what it was. Now, this is how bad I am to earworm, right? She earwormed me the other day. I was off work for most of last week. As um, long as it wasn't Baby Shark, you were on to a winner, right? No, God's honest truth, right? I, fuck knows how I did it. I still don't know how that song goes, and I never want to. I managed to avoid it completely when it was this craze. I can and tell I, you I, if you want. Do, don't do it. Don't do it. Because, <laughs> motherfucker, I will fucking come to your house now. Bearing in mind, right, we're recording this. It's half ten at night on a Tuesday, and we're both at work in the morning. And I will I will leave my house. I will drive to your house now, breaking all restrictions. And I will break social distancing by headbutting you in the face while you're in your garage, while you think I'm still sitting here listening to after you sing I, that song. After I got you a present. Yeah, but this is the thing, man. The present you got me is full of coffee right now in my hand. So Phil got me a mug. It just turned up today. And this this is this describes exactly what I'm now faced with doing to you. When you try your hardest not to be a but everyone you deal with is a so you end up being a bigger just to out the Now that's exactly what I'm doing now by coming to your house and headbutting you in your garage. Oh, that is that's getting cut. <laughs> is, is it fuck? I don't I think Wayne's given up. Has he given up cutting cutting <laughs> the and it, well there's too many. If he it's did given up trimming the minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I was I was in hysterics oh, earlier laughing at myself. I was honestly I was in tears because I tried to explain to Ethan that if someone has got a big dick, this is my nine year old. Oh, fuck me, what? <laughs> I tried to explain to Ethan that you can make jokes about anything. Like it's okay to joke about anything as long as you're not like directly offended a person. If you're not doing it to offend someone on purpose, you can joke about anything. It's just a joke. So if they're gonna take it as a joke, nothing's out of bounds. And I tried to explain to him because um, I can't remember why it came up, but I tried to explain to him, even if it's a good thing about someone, you can find a way to take the piss out of it. And I, try, I tried to explain it. If someone's got a big dick, you could joke about it and say it's so big, it's got an elbow. But I couldn't finish the sentence because I had tears rolling down my face <laughs> trying to explain to my nine-year-old boy why a dick might have an elbow. <laughs> and now that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> 
What is oh, wrong with you? You loved it. My family is all kinds of fucked up. I treat all my kids <laughs> like they're adults. I do. All of them. I just talk to them like I talk to you. But I've, t- I've they know the rules. It's like dad drinks, dad can drive a car, dad, they see me with a cigarette. You know what I mean? Dad does these things. I'm a kid. I'm not allowed to do them. Swearing's just another one of them. And to be fair, you know, Chloe's 17 now. She just turned 17 last week. She swears like any 17-year-old would. It's not over the top. It's nothing particularly offensive. Annabelle's 11 and doesn't swear at all, like ever. Last time we recorded, we were this deep into the podcast when my dog was fucking my leg. (laughs) (laughs) Although, to anyone listening, that'll be weeks ago because Wayne decided, Wayne, I'm going to block him. (laughs) I'm going to block him on uh, social media for like a week if he does it again <laughs> i'm just going to refuse to talk to him in punishment because he so we recorded this is our fourth episode under the new format since we had the big old break this is our fourth episode the third episode we recorded he released that first <laughs> so you and got blame three me first, and then tried to blame you <laughs> i don't know what was happening man. i don't know Crazy. Hey, do you know what, though? Crossover. Um, yeah, well, I was watching AEW wrestling last night. It's not my thing, but Wayne, uh, since you mention it, um, that is an excellent segue. Tell me your wrestling story, and then I'll do the excellent segue. Well, it wasn't much of a story. I just happened to be watching TV, and I flicked and flicked and flicked, and then I found that on ITV, I think it was, it's... Um, yeah, they've got, like, it's on, like, ITV4 or something. they got a contract. I think, no, th- this was just on ITV1, even. Oh, but man. it was... Right, okay, so it was kind of weird, actually, thinking about it. Right, so first weird thing, back in the day when I used to watch WWE, I think it was still WWF at the time. There was this. Man, uh, we're talking 90s wrestling there. Yeah. There was a, a wrestler called Gold Dust. No, I don't He was know a bit of a mincer. Wore, I, was, like, I was never a big wrestling guy. Like, I know the big boys, but I. Well, this guy, he had like a gold suit on with black on the front, total gold face print, and, and used to like purse his lips a lot. Looked like nah. he, was, he was. He was trying to flounce it. I don't um, mean fuck all to me. Well, this guy. Um, who was wrestling last night? He used to be this um, gold dust guy. Um, he's the same guy, but he's just a new character. I forget what his name was. It was, uh, I think it's <sighs> Dustin Rhodes, I think his name is now. Um, no. But anyway, so he was wrestling this other dude in a normal wrestling ring. Each of them had their, like, had a girl with them outside the ring the girls start kicking the crap out of each other outside the ring nothing particularly you know groundbreaking there it's all it's it happens in every wrestling yeah and they were like you know attacking i think they were attacking the guys inside the ring at one point as well so it was you know standard but then all around the outside because it's social distancing coronavirus times there was about 10 people in the crowd dude did you see wrestlemania no, I I heard it mentioned on another podcast, right? And they were basically saying it was the I don't know if you're familiar with the Guitar Souls podcast. Yeah, um, well, I'm aware of it. I don't. I've never listened to it. You've mentioned it before. Yeah, those dudes are, are, are wrestling fans. It comes up in conversation now and then with them. And and they mentioned the saddest thing they've ever seen is is wrestling, which is obviously. You know, I don't want. I'm not going to get into a fucking debate about it being fake or it's it's. It's scripted, it's choreographed. I know it's going to win, but you've, you're not just any old fucker can do it. You know, the training and all. Oh, yeah, all it's shit. athletic. 
Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But they feed off the crowd because of the storylines and the fake element mm-hmm. of it, the, the yeah. written element. WrestleMania this year went out on TV with no crowd. And it was Weird, just, it, it's honestly, when they said it, I just could not fucking wrap my head around that concept. It wouldn't work. So I, I had a quick look on YouTube and I managed to get about seven seconds in before I had to turn it off. It's fucking, oh, it's pathetic to watch. It's just two middle-aged dudes grunting at each other for seemingly no fucking reason at all. Without a crowd, it's the saddest thing you will ever see. I mean, it ain't my thing anyway. I'm not into it at all. But I can understand why other people would be. But, dude, without a crowd, like you said on that, what's it called, the new promotion thing? That, that's AEW. Yeah, yeah. So in that, they had like 10 people in WrestleMania. It's the biggest, well, from what I understand, it's the biggest wrestling event like on the calendar. There was not one fucking person in the crowd. No, no one, not a soul. It was, oh, it was sad to watch, but it was really weird. It was like stepping into a parallel universe. It was odd. The measures, have you seen the shit about gigs and stuff? Mm -mm. They're talking about no gigs until the summer of 2021. What, in, in this country? Well, it was an American guy that, suggested it but he 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 never said it's happening this was last month i mean bear in mind we're, we're recording today on what's the day is it 28th yeah 28th of april or thereabouts i don't, I don't know what day it is but um we're recording towards the end of april and i saw this probably three or four weeks ago but it was a news i didn't read it i only read the headline um and it was a dude in america uh, part of the government who said that that's what he would recommend basically he recommends no live, no gatherings of, of crowds above a, whatever number of people. Bollocks. Um, until Unless you inject the summer of uh, disinfectant first. Yeah, then you'd be okay. Yeah. What a fucking weird th- shit thing to say. Our fucking national. He's the leader of the free world. I mean, don't I get think, me wrong. It was all was, taken out of context. That's it. It was taken out of context what he was saying, but he's retarded. That's just not... I mean, how many of his advisors do you think standing behind there just, like, swallowed their Slapping own head? Slapping the forehead. Through, yeah. through, like, they bit their lips that hard. They swallowed their own jaw <laughs> just listening to it. And he's he's the leader of the free world, and he suggested in, like I say, completely out of context. But just to use the word, surely there's something we can inject into the blood that would clean it, like a much like disinfectant would. What are you doing? What are you doing? Fuck me. It's like he's just this babbling fucking retarded kid that grew up with all this money, said shit that people want to hear, that he can't pull off. Like, he doesn't even have the power to pull off half of that shit that he got voted in on. Fucking, we'll build a wall and we'll make them pay for it. What the fuck? That would, How many bricks have been laid so far? My dad says he's... Uh getting Mexicans to build a wall outside his house. <laughs> for, for very different reasons, I imagine. Just to keep his garden in. Has his garden got a habit of fucking off, like? Well, no, it's just a garden and mud is... Mud has a tendency to move, so he, he's putting a wall there so that it doesn't do that. Why, why Mexicans? Is there a high uh, Mexican constituent in... Um... Uh, is there is there a large Mexican element in Thornley Dale in North Yorkshire? 
I don't think so. I think he, he so he's actively have... <clears throat> going to go looking for Mexicans. He may well have been joking, but um, in my in my experience, I don't um, want to believe that. No, it, he he is a stone cold stalwart of the community. Why would he lie to me? I agree. He's your own father. He, my yeah. dad never lied to me, and I've never. My lied dad to never my lied son. to me. I've never lied to my son, which is again takes us back to why I talk to him like he's a grown up. He's upstairs I now. Like, I feel like we have both lied to each other, me and my dad, at some point or other. I've definitely uh, lied to my dad. I've lied to my son. I know my dad's lied to me. Yeah, it's just something that happens, isn't it? Especially like when you're a kid. Yeah. Jesus, some of the bullshit I tell my son. I told my son's friend that I kill people for the CIA. That I used to kill people for the CIA. Hey, because you, you uh, I just finished watching that extraction. That's good, isn't it? I watched that the other day. It was good. Yeah, it's real good. I like yeah. it. It's very uh, visceral, the, the violence, and uh, it's yeah. well choreographed. There's an excellent single shot sequence um, that starts in a car chase and then goes into a copper walking around a building and then finishes with the main, uh, what's his, Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth's character um, fighting his way back out of that building then. But it's 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 a single shot that's cut into, I think it's like 11 and odd minutes, and it's cut over three distinct. It's almost, you know how a film is in three acts? That yeah. single shot is almost in three acts. It's divided very, uh, you, what, what, very well. What was your favorite kill that you remember from the film, if any? That dude. Um, so it, I, I think it's in the original extraction. So for anyone who doesn't know, like no, you know, no spoilers. And um, if you want to check out a proper film podcast, Facebook, um, just search on there the Screen Masters. And you'll find uh, Bav and Fluff's uh, Screen Masters podcast on the Bite Back Network. Uh, <clears throat> if you're into wrestling, like we were talking about earlier, um, get yourself on Spotify and search for The Second Turnbuckle. That's Wayne's Wrestling Podcast. You should check both of those out. Um, I'll do all the other contact bullshit later, all the YouTube and whatnot. But yeah, so if you, want, um, if you haven't seen Extraction on Netflix, this you don't feel like you've got to turn it off you know, no spoilers or nothing, but the general storyline, as the name would suggest, is that this super tough, like, ex-Black Ops dude, I guess he's a merc. He's a merc point, now, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's hired, him and his team are hired to extract a young boy that's been kidnapped. I mean, all that tells you, in India, all that tells you is what's in the blurb to the film. During the extraction, obviously, it gets violent. Um... And he kills one dude by picking him up and slamming him down onto his head, like jaw first, so it breaks his neck up against his back. And it's so clearly a dummy when he does it. <laughs> but there's no, at least it was practical, you know what I mean? Because it would have been yeah. easy, easy to CGI something like that. Yeah, man. Like shit. So they have... used like a lifelike dummy and just fucking snapped the dummy's neck. Just smashed it. it. Do you know? Actually, I've got. So I'll give Dude, you. Have you done something different? You're you've dropped I've out. I've done like... nothing. I've done nothing. I've not touched anything. Um, right. So. Oh, you're back. Two. Is, I've got three favorites. Uh, one. Um, I'm not going to explain the the situation particularly, but there's one where somebody gets thrown off a building 
uh, be, being watched by other people yeah. um, that you'll remember. That one was awesome because I was just like, what the shit? Um, then the next one um, was so one guy. Was... Sorry, my carry on. So uh, one guy, he, he's, he swings one guy round and his legs make <laughs> yeah. contact with the other guy's head and break his neck. Yeah, man, he, clobbers one, he uses one guy as a weapon. <laughs> to snap another dude's neck, yeah. I like the but, uh, the scene, again, no no details, but he basically there's a scene where he slaps a bunch of kids around. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was good. Piss off. <laughs> <laughs> Little shits. And then, was, um, no context. I'm not going to describe any reason why he might do that, but he slaps a bunch of kids about. <laughs> Num- number one kill uh, for me was the he's inside that building and he kicks that table. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Just beans that guy's head against the wall. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's what I like about it is that he's like when he was playing Thor, he's huge, and in this, he's obviously like for Thor, he has to be massive, so he'll train in a certain way, but that's not his natural body shape. Like, he's obviously super fit and athletic and chiseled, but he's not the size he is in Thor naturally. So, for everything else he does. He's a lot slimmer, and in this, he's a lot slimmer. But all the things he does, you still honestly believe that he is physically powerful enough to do shit like that. There was a moment like it when doesn't he was look ridiculous. Like moving and his arm just—I I just thought to myself, "Fucking hell, that isn't a naturally large tricep." Yeah, well, that's the th- the weird thing. Because... It was almost the tricep was almost sticking out the front for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, it was I mean, weird. don't get me wrong. That dude is—he is a big guy and he's like six foot three. Yeah. But he's he's not as big. Like if you see him in the first couple of times he played Thor, he was massive. And I mean, he he's one of those guys. I think we've talked. I don't know if we did it on a podcast, but we've talked about stuff before where like between takes they're forced to hit the weights. Like literally every chance they get that they're off camera, so all the blood is in the parts of the body that it needs to be in, and they look bigger. About this before, yeah. And that's that's I've heard him mention that when he was playing Thor, he was dizzy because he was lifting weights that much, and then he had to go and do a scene. And the minute the camera stops rolling, the director or his trainers saying to him like, just "Squeeze out twenty reps now, because you'll be back on camera in thirty seconds." They're literally just resetting the scene. That's thirty seconds you can knock out thirty reps. And he's like, "It's just you're in agony twenty four seven. Well, he doesn't have to do that for a role like this, so he's not that big and bulky. But that doesn't mean that he isn't you know, 4% body fat and chiseled like fuck. So he, yeah. he just looks believable. And I liked his character. I liked all the characters. It, I just, yeah, I enjoyed it, man. I, it wasn't a perfect film. There was probably a lot about it to moan about, but we ain't Scream Masters. I think Bav and Fluff will be able to assess that better. But in terms of kills and slapping kids around... It was yeah, it's got, it's got everything you need. Hmm. It was good, man. Um, it was good. But yeah, mo- mo- movies are done. Let's uh, talk some metal and shit. Let's Have you it. heard any of the new Lamb of God tunes? Uh, so, is there a full album out yet? Uh, it wasn't I've yesterday when I was looking. There was two tunes out for it, I think. Yeah, I've heard both of them then, although I don't remember what any of them's called. One's got a funny, like, like Spanishy, Latin-sounding name, is it? Uh, just, uh, there's one... Yeah, me too. Oh my god, the internet's slow today. Um, Lama God. 
Okay, so there's no, there's three out now. So checkmate was the first one. Yeah. I heard that, and it was Memento Mori. That's the last. Yeah, one. that's that was the other one. But no, there's a new oh, one. And a new colossal hate. New colossal yeah. hate. Yeah, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that. But that was, uh, was Memento Mori. Of the two that I'd heard, checkmate was standard Lama Godfair. Well, they both are, to be honest, but yeah. they were not in a, that, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just if you if you you don't listen to Lama God because you want something super progressive and you want it to surprise you. You listen to Lama God because you want fucking hear Lama God. Yeah, and and that's what you're going to get with these tracks. But I did think that Memento Mori was better than Checkmate. It just stood out more. I can't remember why it was a couple of weeks back, but I did. I do remember thinking. Because Checkmate came out first, didn't it? It was like a week later the second one came out. Yeah. And when I heard that, I remember thinking it just grabbed me more. I think the issue I'm having with them at the moment, like I like them, but there's nothing. Like when Led to Rest came out, when Redneck came out, there were two tunes that I was like, fuck, I've, I've, I've heard like, you know, I've heard metal a million times before, but this is something that sounds pretty fresh. Now it sounds like that. I think when set to, yeah. you know, the intro on set to fail, just how there's no fucking about is straight in with that blast. It's that just kicks you in the nuts. Yeah. Well, I think all of these ones, they sound, they couldn't sound more Lamb of God if they tried. Do you reckon but, it's because they've got that new drummer? Is it because these, these won't be Chris Adler, I guess. No, 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 no. These are all the new dude. So if these if this is a new dude, do you reckon there's something maybe not necessarily on their part, maybe the management or the record company or whatever have just said, you know, new drummer, we push this new record, write new tunes, make some Lamb of God sounding songs. Yeah, you don't want to put them out first. I, I guess you don't want it to be like you know with Slipknot when they got the the new dude in, um, and they sound. I mean, I, they were starting to sound different when Joey was still in them, but they sound different again since he's left controversial opinion he can do all i think they're better now with him than they had been with joey since a while ago i feel like probably live he can do all the joey stuff stuff, but he puts his own stamp on it too like when you listen to i was talking to gorsk about this earlier uh or late last week. If you watch him play one of their old tunes, he plays it perfectly like like Jordison did. Yeah. But you still know it's not Jordison because he's putting enough of his own stuff on. Like he's doing it, he's playing perfect kind of, this is how the song should be played because that's how it was written. But in his own style, do you know what I mean? It's a, he He's a great drummer for that band. And I think yeah. their new stuff is that last record. Is it We Are Not Your Kind? Mm-hmm. That I think is the best record they've done in years. Um, and I bet I bet the injection of fresh blood had a lot to do with that. It was better than the the previous two albums for sure. I think. What was the one before it? Was it the Grey Chapter before? The Grey Chapter before that, and then. Um, all hope is gone was before. All that. hope is gone was fucking terrible. Uh, there was moments. I know you didn't really like it at all, but there was it moments. Just, where it, I thought it, it, was it might good. as well have been a Slipknot. Uh, pardon me, a Stone Sour record. It just wasn't Slipknot. It didn't. The, the, if you listen to the first, I mean, I know 
I've fully decided now. I've been on the fence with them for years. I've fully decided now I'm not a Stone Sour fan. Nothing against them. No. It just doesn't do anything for me. Slipknot I do like. But if you listen to the first Stone Sour record and the first Slipknot record or whatever Slipknot record came out, you know, in kind of a parallel time. Um, they're very different. They're very different. They're two different bands. But that record, All Hope Is Gone, next to the Stone Sour record that came out, I don't know, the same year, the year before, whatever the case may be, that they they don't sound different. Yeah. And it, that it's, I don't know what it is, but the writing changed and everything. And the, to- the guitar tones are different, and I guess they're tuned different, so they get those lower, growly kind of notes. But Jim Root even was in Stone Sour at the time, so it even had his kind of jazz-influenced mm. solos and stuff in it, and it, it just sounded too similar but in a bad way if stone sour had got heavier i probably could have lived with it but it was the other way around yeah you know and i, I don't know dig. i feel i feel like we talk about stone sour and slipknot too much anyway so fuck them i agree one more point on slipknot who was the drummer on the gray chapter was that still george yeah, yeah i think um I'm yeah because sure. i feel like jordison left Fucking a ways back. Yeah, Joy Jordison still, isn't it? Let me see. Oh, no. oh, this fucker. Discography. Discography. The Grey Chapter 2014. So that does seem a bit early. Oh, wait a second. Jordison being fired from the band in late 2013, as well as the Jay other Weinberg. Yeah, it's Weinberg. But it, yeah. yeah, but it unknown at the time. Like he recorded it, but um, like they didn't put, you know, no one knew who, who it was for a while. Yeah. All oh, right. I'll be honest, I'm not overly familiar with that record, The Great Chapter. I can't remember ever listening to it all the way through. So, no. I maybe if I listen to that, it. maybe if I listen to that, I would. The Have devil, the devil in I was. Was that on that? that? On that? Okay, so. yeah, I do know that one then. But may, yeah, maybe I'd listen if I listened to that. I'd say that that's where they came back up. Um, but then again, I like Volume Three, Subliminal Verses. A lot of people are down on that. I think that was a great record. Mm. No, there was well, it was okay. There was okay bits, but there was a lot of shite on it. I think. Yeah. Well, it, it was very different to the first two, I yeah. guess. Anyway, we're still talking about fucking Slipknot. Yeah, I get it. Do you know what? I, I dig you know what him, I but I can't be asked to talk about it anymore. You know what I did that was pretty metal <clears> this week? <throat> I don't. I left a bag of shit on a grave. All I right. Did, I didn't do it on purpose. I actually felt really bad about it when I realized what I'd done. I was, <laughs> I was walking the dog, and I take Zep up round the cemetery. In right. it's it's lovely up there. It's really peaceful, and the woods are right next to it. So we go out around the woods and that. And you you go into the woods via the cemetery, and you come back out of the woods. It's just a big circular, like a a loop that brings you back to almost where you started. Mm-hmm. So you come out in the cemetery as well. Well, obviously she'd had a shit, so I backed it up and I was carrying it round. But I read the graves as I'm going round, and I crouch next to a grave, um, and I I was reading away on the headstone. And it was the only point in the entire walk that I'd stopped moving. So it had to be there at this grave. It was about 10 or 15 minutes later when I'd left the cemetery. I was nearly home. Fucking I hell, I you didn't... took a while to read that. 
<laughs> I took it with me. <laughs> um, yeah, it was about 10, 15 minutes later, I was nearly home and I realized I didn't have the bag of shit anymore. So the only thing I could think of is Did while I was peckish. <laughs> yeah, but I still had half of it in the bag. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was the only time that I like could think I must have put it down when I was crouched down because I'm not going to just drop it while I'm carrying it. I definitely didn't throw it away and I didn't pass a bin because quite often when I'm up there, there's only there's one bin on the route I take her walking. And if I don't take that particular route, I don't pass a bin. So I bring it home and bin it here. And I didn't use that route that day. So I know I hadn't gone past the bin. I didn't throw it. There's no way I've just dropped it when I'm holding it in my hand. You know what I mean? You're not going to forget that you're holding something and just fucking let go. All no. I could think of is that I crouched next to this grave. I was reading it and I might have, you know, put it down because I was crouched down. Because you without... were following the words with your finger and mouthing it while you were reading it. Yeah, man, I have to. <laughs> I have to. Um... <laughs> What's it called when people do that? Where they people joke about it here. What his lips move when he reads, you know what I mean? I am that guy. Yeah. And um yeah, that's the only time I could think of that I'd done it. But like the next day, because I felt bad about it. I was like, shit, that's horrible. Can you imagine if you went up? Yeah, you're the guy that's going oh. to see your grandpa's grave and it's like And there's a an actual what? bag of shit left on the grave next to the house. How disrespectful is that? And I genuinely felt bad about it, but I went back the next, I mean, I can't have felt that bad or I'd have gone back there and then wouldn't I? But I went back the next day <laughs> and it wasn't there. So whether I was wrong and I did drop it and I'm that fucking dopey that I just didn't notice I dropped, like something had just come out of my hand when it's the only thing in my hand, either that or someone had found it, realized how fucking disrespectful that is and, and they'd moved it. Yeah, but now what Probably worries me? Well, that's what I thought. Like, what, I'm pretty you think someone might have seen you. No, no, no. I mean, it was, it was. Oh man, I nearly made a huge pun accidentally. I was just going to say it was dead up there. There was, <laughs> there, <laughs> there was no one around. Um, it was really quiet. There was no one around at all, which actually surprised me. That's why I remember there was no one there because I remember thinking there's normally a few people out with their dogs, and it was just no one around at all that day. Um, but I think someone will probably notice it was me anyway because the bags that Rach got, you know, like uh, they, they're in a little roll and they're going like a holder on the lead. Yeah. They're bright pink. They're really distinctive. So someone's going to see me carrying that round. Is that like and that the, prison in America where they don't let them smoke or anything and they make them wear pink jumpsuits? It's to uh, em uh, fucking emasculate Dehumanize them. To make um, it... I think she bought the pink ones, to be honest, just because she bought them and she's a girl. I don't think she okay, thought it would make me look. And to be honest, man, how manly can you look carrying a bag of shit? It doesn't really matter to me what colour the bag is in. I don't carry a bag of shit. shit. I carry the shit in my hand and I'm like fucking growling while I'm doing it. Yeah, and if someone looks at you, you just squeeze it in your fist so it comes out yeah. through the gaps in your fingers. Well, you're, you're overestimating how big a chihuahua's poo is, but yeah. That's a good point, actually. That's a good point. But... Yeah, so that was that was the most metal thing I did recently. I explained to my son how an elbow might have a dick. Uh, sorry, how a dick might have an elbow <laughs> for for the comedy purposes. Both are, both are pretty funny images. Just walk around. That might happen. There's, they grew an, an ear on the back of a mouse, man. Maybe the it next did. stage is dicks on elbows. Maybe. Would you have one on each? 
Or would he just have one superior arm? Um, like if you were given a choice, like if I said another... to you, Phil, I have developed the technology to graft. Um, or what did they do with that mask? Did they graft an ear on or grow it? They grew it, didn't they? They grew it, yeah. So I've developed the technology where you can grow body parts on other body parts. I want to make you my first human trial. Which elbow mm. do you want a dick on? Or would you like a dick on both elbows? What are you going to say? I think I think I'd have a dick on my left elbow. That's weird, man. I was going to say left. Well, my right's already taken up with a badass spider that I don't want to deface. So, unless you could position it in a place that looked like the spider had a massive cock. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, actually. That could work. Oh, how yeah. big do you reckon a spider's cock is? Mm, not huge. Big, no, well, they don't have a dick, do they? They do that thing where they put like, um, like, spooge sacks into the <laughs> spider in it. So like, they've got they've got these put, pink put, bags. Just put the liquid in. <laughs> they've got these pink dog shit bags. They knock one off. Full of jizz. <laughs> yeah, fill it, stuff it in. Good, like chock full of spider sploof, and then they just chuck it at women. Hey, do you and know that- what I found out today? <laughs> I, I, now I want to know. So, you know, spiders, like the baby spiders, they can fly on those like um, little parachutes they build themselves. Apparently, it's not like the wind that picks them up. It's they, they can make, um, they can change the electronic, the electromagnetic um, polarity on the, with the webs, the, on the, the threads, so that they just like lift up. Apparently, it's not anything to do with the. So it's a static charge that. I, I think them so. off the ground. I think that's what it was trying to ex- basically explain to me. Yeah, I'm no scientist, but that I could believe because of their size and their mass. I would imagine it can wouldn't imagine take much getting, of a charge to have them move. You know? Can you imagine like the 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 sack of eggs just splits and all of a sudden you just get puffed in the face with a fucking thousand baby spiders? That'd be horrible. Cute. It wouldn't be fun, but they'd be so small, I imagine it'd just be like dust. You'd breathe them in, wouldn't you? Yeah, but they ain't going to last down there. I don't think they'd do you any harm. I know. It's not like you're going to die full of spiders, is it? Whoa, like, that'd be it. That'd be a, that's a great name for a metal song, Die Full of Spiders. Yeah. Die Full of Spiders, man. I'm going to be thinking about that for ages. No, I'm not. I'm going to forget it in like 20 minutes. Cadaverous spider sack. <laughs> That's a Cannibal Corpse T-shirt waiting yeah. to happen. I'll check it out. Ripped up with a load of little baby spiders coming out. Check it out. Um, check what out? So I, I've got two stories that you've that have just come up because of what we've just been talking about. So speaking Smash of spiders, it. like uh, I know they're not insects, but tiny buggy creatures. Mm-hmm. Something else I felt really bad about that I've had to do recently is I had to kill an entire, uh, it's not a hive because they're honeybees. So like a comb of mm-hmm. bees. Um, I had to kill an entire hive uh, comb, but not even in a way that's like, right, they're poisoned and they'll die. We've had the, so our, our house is a detached house, but the gap between us and the building next door is called a hairline detached. The gap is only a couple of inches. Right. And there are honeycombs in the gap 
but they're mm-hmm. abandoned. Like there's no bees living them. But there is a brick missing in the building next door, right next to my front door. There is a brick missing, and there is a a live bee comb in the wall cavity. So right. no, we can't use the front door. The postman has refused to come to the house anymore. If he walks past and they, he can't get anyone's attention, he keeps our post because it's well, just swarming bees. with bees. Yeah, they're honeybees. Yeah, so they're so, not stingy bees. Well, I don't even know if honeybees can attack. I don't. Drones don't have stings. I don't. That think. makes that actually makes a lot of sense because I was standing up there the other day doing just this uh, that you know, that the story leads to. And I even said to Rach afterwards, I felt really bad because fucking loads of them came out while I was doing it. Not one of them attacked me. None of them. So that makes sense if they're incapable. But basically, we had a beekeeper come out and he said to remove them, he'd have to take half the wall apart and it's going to be structural. So it makes the building damage. You know, it it might possibly compromise the... the if it's a supporting wall and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Which it more than likely is, given that it's... The outside. It's an exterior wall, the length of the building, so it's mm. more than likely it's supporting. Um, he said he had a look inside, and there's nothing in there, but it's a brick wall inside as well. So he said it's going to be an old school because it's part of their garage. But the house is empty, so he couldn't get into it anyway. just had to look through a window. Thankfully, there's a window on the garage door. And long story short, he said there's nothing he can do to get them out, but because they're honeybees, they're not like protected or endangered or whatever so um we're gonna we can kill them he advised he said what you want to do is put loads of ant powder in there and then block it up with newspaper and he said they will eat through the newspaper but they'll take the ant powder back to the queen and if the queen dies either they'll all die or they'll fuck off so if the queen's gone you're out of trouble so we did that it didn't do shit so then i was like right i put a load of expanding foam in it to block it up thinking and more amp powder thinking now they can't eat through the paper so quick they'll eat through this but not so quick um so they've got longer to kill the queen basically within two days they were all back for fuck's sake so last weekend i sealed it all with uh mortar with you know like it's i've got this cement for pointing so it's exactly what it's the cement you'd use for what I was doing, you know, in between mm-hmm. bricks and shit. I covered it completely. The next morning, while I was doing it, this is when they all came out because while I was doing it, none of them attacked me. And I genuinely felt bad because I didn't want to kill any of them. But the next day, there must have been. Well, he re- the guy reckons that in one comb like that, the beekeeper dude, he said that there'll easily be over a thousand in it. Depends like how in big one it is. Colony. Yeah. And he said, depends on the size, there could be any number of thousand, but in, in any colony, they'll easily be over a thousand in there. Shit. I'll bet there were two or 300 on that wall the next day, just clinging to it, trying to find a way in. So Rach got hold of the guy again and said, you know, we've, we've covered it up. Why is this happening now? How are they getting out? And why are they trying to get, if they found another way out, why are they trying to get back in on this bit that we've blocked? And he said, that's more than likely the foragers that were out at night. I was going to say, is that like so, the ones that were already out? This is the thing. Um, so he said they'll they'll do it for two or three days. Uh, but when they realize they can't get in, they might not be getting their signal from the queen anymore, you know, however that works. Mm-hmm. So they will either find another colony to join or they'll just die. It's that simple. So he said, just give it a few days. Well, Rach went to check today because there weren't many there. So she was like, oh, that's good. No, 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 no. They've eaten through the fucking concrete. <laughs> so all the ones that were outside have just gone back in and... Because it was cool today, they didn't come back out. So uh, thankfully, I've got 
more of this, uh, you know, the cement. I've got more of that. So I'm just going to fucking properly go at it this time. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to layer that shit up thick as fuck. And I'm going to do it. I think I might have had it a little bit too damp before as well. Because if they've eaten through it, it must have still been slightly damp. There's no way they could eat through that shit when it's, when it's dry. Yeah. So I'm going to spend longer mixing it and make sure it's right. But yeah, man, I'm leaving bags of shit on graves. I'm killing, killing fucking entire colonies. colonies of bees. You're a it's prick just, this month. It's, it's yeah, man. I, I've just I feel like I've had to be pretty fucking robotic and cold over this last week. What about you? You killed anything or desecrated any Christian monuments? I don't remember killing anything. I don't think. Um, what have I done? I mean, I'm still working, obviously. As am I. Um, On and off. What have I seen? What have I done? Um, no, really. I mean, life outside's pretty uneventful. Uh, go to the so, shops every now and again. Get drunk a little bit every now and again. There's not really a lot going on. No gigs happening. So tell me uh, what you've been listening to instead. Oh, all sorts. Um, everything from Death, Le- Death Leopard... Poison. Mm, I had, I had Lama God on like all morning yesterday. Nice. Metallica all morning the day before. I listened to two Metallica. Albums. I'm like Good going voice. from start to finish. Well, kill them all and ride the lightning. I feel like ride the lightning doesn't get the credits due. There's bits on it where it's really good, but fire, it's fire with fires on it for fuck's sake. Yeah, well, isn't that the opener? What's the opener on Off there? Off top of me, I can't remember. I think it is, you know. Um, do you know, the thing I think that lets it down is there's a lot of kind of lagging, not super excitingness on it. It's okay. No, I used to love it, but Trapped Under Ice is on that, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that song anymore. Mm. I used to love it, but it's one I always skip. Now. Yeah, Fight Fire with Fire is the opener. Well, it's like um, For Whom the Bell Tolls. I like the main riff on that, like the chorus riff on that. And fucking there's Creeping the f- Death, for fuck's sake. Creeping Death's a hell of a song. But the first, like, like the first verse and the main riff for the chorus are like awesome. But then it does it again and it's like, mm, it's the just bell really repeat. Yeah, it's really repeaty. The ending's fun because it's just like slows yeah. down just a little bit every time. It's almost like. Um, a tactical nuke by Acacia Strain, but not quite as extreme. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's, I, it always makes me. It's the, I don't. Know, it's the opposite of one, where one starts slow and then explodes at the end. Yeah. For whom the bell tolls starts with this pounding kind of tune and slows down at the end. I always think of it as like the anti-one, which is weird because as as Metallica tunes go, they were both big singles. So it's odd that, in my mind at least, they're kind of juxtaposed. Do you know what uh, I found? Well, I say I found out today. I probably knew it at some point during time. I probably knew it at the time I was alive. But um, did you know Wonderwall only ever got to number two? It's not something I've already thought about, but if someone asked me... Well, like, for all the dick sucking it gets... What chart position like, did it get? I'd probably say number one. 
You'd think so, wouldn't you? Because, you know, anytime anyone picks up an acoustic guitar, someone's going, oh, can you play Wonderwall? Of course I can play fucking Wonderwall. Am I yeah, going to? No, but can I? Yes. Throat. And then you straight fucking punch him in the throat. Yeah, take that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. Don't you ever ask me this bitch. again. I can't with Oasis. There's like four songs that I listen to. Stand By Me is a good song. Yes, all right. That album was pretty good. I must, which record is that on? Uh, the one with the clock on the on the inside when you take the CD out. What the fuck's it called? It's got, do you know what I mean? On it and stuff. Yeah, third record. I remember the only Oasis record I've ever actually had was uh, the second one. What's the story, Morning Glory? The one yeah. with Wonderwall on it. And I do remember that liking... Bollocks, pardon me. I do remember liking a good amount of that at the time I had it. But I've listened to Oasis since. Like, I've tried to listen to Oasis since, and it's literally, I can't listen to the shit, Skip. Yeah, at the time, I had, had, um, like, the first two albums, I used to go between them. Like, I'd listen to one, then listen to the other, and go back to the first one again and keep doing that, because I was like, yeah, I love this shit. But the only song I'm definitely my, my taste just matured, and I was like, "Yeah, that can't listen to that anymore." Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. It's just, it's to me, it's music of very, very little substance. But at the same time, you can't like knock Noel Gallagher's songwriting ability. It's pop. I mean, well, this is it. I mean, he's great at writing me, what he writes. To me, that is the the only real like. People people have done that thing where they're like, oh, yeah, there are new Beatles. And they did the same thing with, um, what's that fucking McFly? They did the same thing with them. Where they're like, they write pop tunes with three chords that aren't punk, so it must be Beatles. Yeah, I mean, I disagree where McFly are concerned because they, they had quite, I mean, I wouldn't say they're super intelligent musicians, but they w- they weren't just a simple three chord thing. No, they were and really they had good. the harmonies and stuff. Yeah, but they were really good. Like just guitar wise, they were really good. They used the the Beatles chords, things like um, the Beatles were big on like eleventh chords and sixth uh, chords and uh, uh, <laughs> major sevenths and stuff like that, which which Noel Gallagher never did, but. The guys in McFly, I don't know their names, but the two dudes that, that play guitar, I assume they're writing the songs. Like that tune, obviously, I think was one of their big singles. Because obviously, she's out of my league. Da, na, na, na. Oh, no, that was well written. And if you look at how to play that, it's not a difficult song to play, but it's not just your straight major and minor pop stuff. No. It's not just power chords. And it made me think like that they've obviously had some kind of a musical education and they're probably Beatles fans because it's very Beatles kind of chord structures that they were using. Mm. But at the same time, it was still pop. It was just intelligent pop. But the thing is they went the way of a load of pop bands that start off quite smart that you think these boys have got something about them. It might not be for me, but at least they're not just knocking out like you know, so like they're not Bieber. They're not just knocking out some EDM backing track with a nursery rhyme on top. And then, and then you have to put yet after that, because then they'll get yeah. to like the third of the fourth album, and that's, that's exactly all what they're fucking doing. doing. Exactly. I just I don't understand. Like they, if they if they've got off the ground and they've got two records under their belt that are doing well, why do they feel the need 
to change that. I could understand it if they were underground and they were doing something, and to make it big, they had to change their style. Why do it three records in when you've already got a name? Is it I to follow the time? Because because yeah. that music's popular then, so they want to stay I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons, I guess, because they get bored of what they've been doing and they want to change. You know, when you join a band when you're 15, it doesn't mean that by the time you're 25, that's what you want to be playing, isn't it? Yeah, very true. Very true. And I mean, don't get me wrong, pop is not as simple as... I mean, you know this better than anyone. You're a big pop fan of certain eras, at least. Mm-hmm. But I mean, pop... it, any era, really. I just can't take British pop music at the moment. I, I struggle with British pop music at the moment. I think it's my age. I, I dig 80s pop. There's a lot of 80s influence stuff coming out at the moment now, which is Yeah, I've noticed that. But, I mean, 90s pop, I can dig because it's nostalgic. I struggle, man. There's an over kind of shadowing gleam on it. I mean, it's a bit of an oxymoron, but there's this overshadowing gleam on the top of everything 90s. And the epitome of this for me is Reach for the Stars. I hate (laughs) that song. Yeah, the fire of a thousand suns it makes me feel physically sick and it sounds just like it was made in a machine by a machine for machines oh, yeah. yeah without a doubt but i mean there's a to be fair i would say more pop sounds like that than doesn't and it's the standout stuff that doesn't sound like that that lasts like even as popular as that song was and as much as you'll still hear it on a friday night in some shithole in the middle of a big city you know, when all the because it, because it's our age group that are frequenting them places now. So for them, it's, it's got to be ironically though. Who's listening to that and thinking, no "Shit, this is the pinnacle not, of music." Even them cunts that are in them bars every fucking Saturday night, or at least when we were allowed to do that on a Saturday night. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. If I'm out in town and that song comes on, I'll fucking have a silly sing along and a, and a dance to it in a bar because I'm shit faced. Not one of them people's putting that on in the car the next day. Fucking not one of them, not a single one. But I bet people are still putting old Take That CDs on in the car. Mate, I'm still you know putting I mean? Steps on, but I won't put S Club 7 on. Dude, I was listening, I spent a good portion of last week listening to Billy Ocean. Fuck yeah, that, you did. That's, that's the... Uh, that's the kind of pop music that will always last because it's just good but, music. It's got this real well, crazy it. soul influence. He's got a great voice. You know he had a hand in writing those songs. There's so much difference, though. There's so much variation. To say, like, it's not that massive a time span between the earlier stuff and the later stuff, there's 60s-influenced stuff on there that sounds like it comes from the 60s. Yeah, totally. Like, like uh, I say, it's a big soul really thing. Hurts without you and um, Red Very Light. 60s, yeah. So such like, but then like, um, get out of my dreams and Caribbean yeah, Queen. That's are just eighties so as it gets. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's Billy Ocean. I, I want him to be my granddad so yeah, fucking man. hard. He's so cool. Like even yeah. now, and when we, when we saw him at that, I don't even remember what it was called. What was that ship called that we went to in Leeds? So for uh, it was so we, re, re, rewind festival or re something festival. We so there's this thing people might know about it. There's this big thing. It's not just in Leeds. They do it all over the country, and every year it's a different lineup. Obviously, like these f- festivals are, but they're always pop and they're always of an era. And when we went, it was yeah rewind. Is that what it was? Rewind. It was. It's normally eighties. Because, again, the people who are now buying tickets to go to shit like that, the people with the money, are the ones that 
like us that grew up through the 80s and 90s so we remember that music so we had jason donovan chesney hawks soul to soul oh shit i forgot Jason donovan was there yeah man yeah <laughs> um we we had toya we had cutting crew uh there was a band with china in the name i'm sure but i don't remember who they were um, it wasn't china white can't remember. Uh, some of them i'll be honest like i i know music probably more than you know the the average joe and i didn't know cutting crew were until they played um they have two songs that i'm kind of like i would know died in your like, arms and that's what i'm thinking of yeah until they played that which they finished with like that was their the last song of their set until they played that, I didn't realize who they were. Well, China I, I, Crisis. I China Crisis, that was it, yeah. Until Cutting Crew played, <laughs> died in your arms. Like, that's not true. It's not like I didn't know who they were. They, they played that song. I was like, oh, it's those guys. I didn't know who they were when we had the tickets. I'd seen their name on the poster and stuff, and we got the tickets for free, uh, which is why we went. Um, well, no, you, you got yours for free. I got mine cheap didn't i because uh, a promoter me and rach were running the pub at the time and a promoter said that he'd give us um discount tickets uh if we advertised the festival yeah so he gave us these discount tickets and i got them like half price and because you used to dj for us i i got us tickets to go i knew you'd dig it like so i got us tickets to go down and um when i'd seen cutting crew were playing I didn't know who they were. And I think it might have been you who said that that's what they'd done. But during the set, I didn't recognize a single song. And then they played Died in Your Arms. And I'm like, okay, it's those guys. I think he played a couple of covers as well, didn't he? Do you know, I honestly don't remember at all. I know there was a lot of covers throughout the day. Oh, um, yeah. it was. They tended to do covers of the contemporaries as well. Chesney Hawks, he did covers even. Yeah, Chesney Hawks did. He <clears throat> did a Buddy Holly song, and I can't help but think he's still cashing in on that one film that he did, which is where the one and only came from. Yeah. It's called Buddy, Buddy's Song or something like that, where Buddy's he song, played yeah. a kid who... Didn't it have Roger Daltrey in or somebody? Yeah, he played his dad. And whatever the fuck that film was about, the one and only was from that, and the one and only got to, well, I guess, number one. It was, you know, it was a big tune. That's another one, like... Um, that fucking S Club 7 tune, whatever, what was, what's that called? Reach for the Stars. Reach for the Stars, yeah. The one and only is another one of them. Like, no one's putting that on in the car. Fucking no one is choosing to listen to that. If you're shit first drunk on a Saturday night, like in the middle of fucking Leeds, Newcastle, London, pick your city. If that tune comes on, fucking everyone sing along because you're asshole drunk. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Reach for the Stars all over. No one's choosing yeah, to listen to that. I, the thing is... I, I don't know what it is about Reach for the Stars in particular. I used to have this um, problem with, I just called Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. It used yeah, to make me feel very sick. I remember you talking about that before. Yeah, yeah. Reach for the, not, not anymore for some reason. I've grown accustomed to it, and I quite enjoy it when it comes on now. I think because I've grown a deeper appreciation for uh, the blind songsmith himself. But yeah, man. It's... Um, Reach for the stars. I'll, I can't see me ever coming around to that, not wanting me to cut my ears off. So we've talked a little bit of metal. I've been listening to some 
we talked a lot of pop and we d- i do want to bring i know we, we don't want to run like really long today but i no. do uh, there is one thing i want to discuss with you just to get your opinion on yeah, well. but before we come to that let me tell you what i've been listening to because i tried a few things that i either haven't listened to in a very long time or stuff that i am aware of but you know i've never really paid attention to before um so black dahlia murder haven't listened to in fucking years mm-hmm. and just yesterday randomly um a tune called uh raped with hatred by vines of thorns came on on just randomly on spotify and it was fucking mint it was awesome i properly got into it mm-hmm. so i looked for a few other tunes what do you think of uh black dahlia murder um i like them i like them live because they make me laugh and yeah, I get record. the impression that they don't take themselves too seriously. Even with no. song times like that, it just came across like they enjoyed it. Yeah. Do you know if I if I see them on a festival lineup, I'll go and see them because yeah, bet. they're a fun band. They're not the kind of thing I put on a lot at home. Um, I don't know why. I just no, it's never my go-to, but I no. do like them. Uh, New Acacia Strain record was good. Heavy man. It's called, is it called C? It's just a letter, isn't it? It's a single letter. C, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. I enjoyed that. Couldn't tell you a single title off it. I just put it on from the beginning, you know, listened through, enjoyed it. Um, Viscera's full record. I'm glad that's out in full now because... I haven't even listened to that yet. Oh, dude. They don't come up on... I haven't got anything tagged on me... um... Oh, I don't. I just on Spotify. So these bands well, this is the thing. I don't because you know? I'm lazy. I just put on what I always put on unless it comes up on my um, radar thing, daily playlist thing. Mm. But I should really start tagging bands because otherwise I miss stuff. You know what's really cool about that Viscera record? So you put me onto Viscera and only had two tunes out at the time. It yeah. was uh, Lamb to the Slaughter and uh, shit. What is it? It's a woman's name, Delilah. Mm-hmm. Those were the two tunes that were out when you put me onto them. Then a third tune came out, um, Obsidian. And after that, they went quiet for a little bit, but then the record dropped, and the record is called Obsidian as well. And those tunes were awesome on their own. Like, it was obvious this band are really fucking cool. But listening to them in the context of an album, there's a really good flow through the record. Like, one tune leads on to the next so well. Well, I think that's uh, it was a good thing on um, the heart of a coward oh, stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's definitely an influence. Is is that is it Jamie the singer? Yeah. Is he the only one from Heart of a Coward in Viscera? Because uh, there's, there's moments where it really comes through, like kind of shit. Yeah, like like when I was listening to it today, the record. Fuck off, Bing. Fuck me. I hate Bing so bad. I do, I keep getting that. It keeps fucking popping up on here. But, um, yeah, so there's just moments on that record when you suddenly remember, like, oh, shit, yeah, this is the dude from Heart of a Coward. And I, yeah. I don't think it's just his voice that makes you think that. I feel like there's something going on in the background, some guitar work or drum work or whatever that makes you think, shit, Heart of a Coward. And it makes me, I don't know, it makes me wonder whether one of the other dudes has come with him from Heart of a Coward as well. But that record's great. There's a tune on it called Immersed in Aya. Yeah, Which I think is, that's one of the singles, wasn't it, that they dropped? It might have been, actually. Yeah, they might have put four out before the record, but that is fucking 
outstanding. Let me just have a quick look. I'm fucking terrible with song titles, man. I'm going to look up the record because there was another song that really stood out. Affliction's really good, but that was one of the singles. In fact, they put out fucking five, according to Spotify. Let me see. Carpe Noctum. That's it. There's a tune on it called Carpe Noctum. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last song is called uh, Silentium, and that's that's pretty cool as well. But now, um, Carpe Noctum, which I think, in fact, it definitely means Seize the Night because that's one of the lines in the song, Seize the Night. But well, yeah, because um, Carpe Diem in it. But it's, it's um, Seize the Day. That's fucking mint. It's just such a cool flow to the record, man. It's really good. And I was listening to, do you know, are you familiar with Rings of Saturn? Yeah, it's a bit proggy for me. See, I dig the prog thing, but they, I, d- have you seen on YouTube there was all this bullshit controversy surrounding guitarists who are falsifying what they can play, basically? They're using stuff like Guitar <laughs> Pro. They're recording things by programming it in or recording it themselves and then speeding it up. And then when they're doing playthroughs, people like Levi Clay, uh, Jared Dines, um, oh fuck me! I can't remember the other YouTuber. There's another YouTuber that I watched that chimed in on it, and he seems Steve to know his Terraberry? stuff. Steve I believe he brought it up a little bit, but it, the the dude I'm thinking of isn't a YouTube guitarist. He's a YouTube metal dude, oh, okay. but he's pretty, he's pretty big, and he brought it up as well. This is a couple of months back. Uh, people were talking about it. Um, the guy from Rings of Saturn was one of the main guys that had been named in it. But I watched a video that he put up in response. It does, to be honest, it does sound like it couldn't be a person playing it. It's too uh, mechanical. You know what I mean? And I could see why people were accusing. Now, people like Levi Clay that really know their guitar work and whatnot says that when he watches the guy play it, he is absolutely a hundred percent convinced that he's miming because he's not even his fingers don't even seem to be making contact with certain strings. His mm. picking hand isn't in the right place when he's sweeping and stuff. And I'm like, look, I don't know that much about as, as much as I play guitar. I'm not qualified to say whether that's correct or not. But this dude, I can't remember his name. The guy from Rings Saturn. I think I've. I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it's Lucas something. He put this video out saying, so there was, as well as him doing the playthroughs and stuff, another reason people were up in arms about it is because there was a bunch of videos recorded on phones from their live shows. Mm. And they're filming him from right at the front at his feet, filming him, and it sounds recorded while he's playing it. Now, in his defense was... When I'm on stage, right, he said, basically, there's me and one of the guitarists in the band. But in order to sound like the record, where we've recorded six-part harmony, we'll play one part each, and the rest of it is coming through on a backing because they don't have a drummer, so the drums are pre-programmed. So there's obviously an element of backing even when they're live. But he (laughs) says, in order to fill that sound out and make it sound like it does on record, you need six guitar parts or whatever. So he says what he has in his monitor... His fold back on the floor, it's not in ears, is just one of those harmony lines which he finds relevant enough to play his part to. And on the other side of the stage, the other guitarist has a separate harmony line in his fold back 
that he's playing to. So that's four guitar lines right there. Yeah. Now he says every one of these videos, to be fair, there's only been like three, recorded at their show on a phone. He said, for a start, it's been recorded on a phone, so you're not getting a full sonic scope. They're right at my feet, which means they are standing next to my fold back. So they're watching me. They're getting the action of me playing. But what they're, the mic on the phone is picking up is the pre-recorded harmony line from the monitor. So that's why it doesn't look real. And then he himself had put out an ad looking for people who'd recorded from further back. And he, he showed one of these videos. And sure enough, it sounded completely different. And you could hear more guitar parts, whereas in the, all these other videos, you can only hear one. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know exactly what the crack is with it. The guy seems pretty genuine, to be fair. Like, he doesn't seem like he's got anything to hide. And in this video, where he's in his house, he picks up a guitar and plays the part live there and then. So it's not like he's incapable of doing it. No, you know? would you know the thing, right? So, um, I mean, just from personal experience, I was uh, in... Um, still in um band mercury killed newton we yeah, when we play live when we play live we've got a, a backing to play to yeah man yeah because it's part of the um, music tim and brad um they'll record their parts into uh i think they were using reaper at the time hmm. and then we'll send it away to get edited it'll come back and the guitars sound 100% tighter than anybody could play. You know, they sound almost robotic. Yeah. But that's the style. That's the sound. That's exactly. What... Well, that's the whole kind of modern down... I don't want to say gent, because it's not all gent, but like tech metal, gent included, um, the super low-tuned modern metal stuff. The, the thing that, that makes it what it is, like one of its um, most significant elements is is how tight it is yeah so it, it it did i don't know where i stand on it because what levi clay and all these other guys were saying is it's very disingenuous to do it live but if you've got your reasons that's fair enough but when you're sitting doing playthroughs you are basically yeah. saying to people you're giving this us something to aim for that is impossible to yeah. do and that's not fair and on top of that you're making beginners who look at that. Some of them might never play guitar again because they'll hear how perfect it sounds and just think that is absolutely unattainable. And it's not fair what you're doing to the instrument. You're making it sound like it can do things that it can't. Yeah. If you're being disingenuous enough to pretend that that's you doing it live. But then I also understand the other side where that dude's saying there are backing elements. And if someone's filming right next to my foldback monitor, at my feet, they are going to see me doing one thing while the microphone is picking up a completely different track. And therefore it will look ridiculous. So I can understand why I'm being accused of this, but why did his main problem was, why did no one ask me? Why did no, why did no one just approach me and ask why it looks strange? On a similar note, explained on a similar note. Um, so do you remember a band from the early two thousands called trapped? Oh, fuck me. Headstrong. Yeah. Man, that So they had that, is, that one song. He is king of the dickheads. Well, do you know the thing is, though? He wasn't anyone, like, six months ago. Who the fuck nope. was he? No one even knew him. And then he started, like, 
trolling everybody's fucking videos. Like he was trolling the uh, guitarist from Vale of Maya, and I'm yeah. like, you can't troll him no. when all you're playing is power chords. But he claimed to be able to outplay him on every level. Yeah, well, the, the, he was say he commented on um, uh, a little bit of the Vale of Maya video, saying, "Yeah, and how how much do you have to speed that up?" you know and pretend to play it and it's like he doesn't he's just no, fucking awesome he's, yeah he's been practicing that shit since he was 10 yeah he can do it no one's ever accused him of being fake either i mean no. he, he is obviously just capable of doing what he does and yeah. he does it live and he never drops a note and then he got this fucking bell end something taylor brown is it chris taylor brown yeah. or something Daffy? did you see did you see well, his, he's uh, uber conservative trump supporter he makes homophobic and racist. Oh man, yeah, I forgot that. That's like basis. he's he's got like uh, MAGA on on his like front page for trap. The, du- the dude oh, is I. You see, you could you could say like you like you just said yourself six months ago. This dude was a ghost. He was a memory of like the early two thousands new metal scene, and they weren't even big in that. It was just one single that that went somewhere. No, they he weren't got, anybody's any favourite. They weren't even no, on the list never. of anybody's favourite anything. He, do you know what he's done? That is the he's done the same thing, but in the polar opposite way to that dude from who's the singer in? He's doing Wayne Static in Static X now. Oh, um, from Dope. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember his name. That guy, right? So Rob Flynn made a flippant comment about him, and his retort was, you know, very very concise. And very grown up, he didn't rise to it at all. He just kind of answered what Rob Flynn was saying. Mentioned how they used to go on tour together and they were friends. He doesn't understand where this animosity is coming from and whatnot. But then Rob Flynn basically said, who the fuck are dope? Uh, No one even remembers that shit or whatever. For no reason, he just said it. So at the end of this big thing, he said, by the way, who listens? That's it. He said, who even listens to dope anymore? He screenshot their monthly listens, Dope's um, monthly listens for a song called, um, is it Fuck Off and Die or something like that? Uh, oh, it's that one with the Die Motherfucker Die on it. Die Motherfucker Die, that's it, not Fuck Off and Die. So this is where it all came from. Rob Flynn had a line in a song that, um, a machine had track, and it was Die Motherfucker Die. And someone, a few people, hundreds of thousands of people, basically commented saying, uh, it was a dope ripoff. And to be fair, it wasn't at all. All he did, it's that one line he used. That's it. And it, and it sure could be as much a, a million times. Exactly. Before. It could as much be a ripoff of, of Slipknot. Yeah, exactly. It's been used. Well, no one accused Slipknot of ripping off dope. You know what I mean? No. The thing is, Rob Flynn didn't have to rise to it. And if he did, he could have just said like, oh, we used to tour with dope. Those guys were cool. But instead, it was like, who the fuck even listens to dope anymore? So the guy from dope, basically gave this huge like open letter as a response, which Rob Flynn had to then respond to. It was a long fucking story as always. But at the <laughs> end of this thing, he screenshotted Spotify's monthly listens, uh, dopes versus machine heads. And dope had, I think 1.2 million listens per month uh, or overall, it might've been more than machine head. So he just said, by the way, evidently, uh, 1.2 million people more uh, are still listening to dope more than machine head. So it was very concise and it was, it was clever. This dickhead from trapped every time he picks a fight with someone from a band, 
he brings up, we trounce you on Pandora every month. What the fuck is Pandora even? Pandora is the world's smallest music streaming service. It's fucking... What, smaller than Tidal? It's on a par with Tidal. To be fair, it's, it's, no, it's not that it's tiny. It's just it's not one of the big boys. He picks that one because for some reason he's got some reasonable numbers on that. But the thing is, all he does is show numbers overall. So what he did to, I can't remember who it was, but it's a band that have been going maybe, they've been big maybe five or six years. Yeah. He picked on them and he used this line on them. And the guy came back at him and said, well, that's your overall listens and you've been collecting for 18 years. In five years, we're only 300,000 behind you. And if you look at how many listens we get per month, you're getting like literally 100 and we're getting 400,000. So give me a month and we'll be ahead of you. But the guy just responds with, you know, something ridiculous. Like uh, he called the guy from Trivium. He refuses to use the word trivium. He just keeps referring to him as a Metallica cover band. That is an, it's, a, like a 2010 joke. It's, it's not even funny. The guy, like you, you could argue he's really good at PR. Like, cause no, he's really good at trolling. Yeah. But all he's doing is making everyone fucking hate him. And there is no way on earth that this is going to make, make trapped come back. No. If if he now announces like trapped uh, touring this year, we're going to be on the. Can you imagine if they turned up at a festival? We're doing a Wait, festival, so they get was fucking I, obliterated. Was I tripping, or was Scott Stapp saying something about a new album? He's been putting work out for years, solo work. Yeah, but he's never gone anywhere. Exactly, but he, he's. I'm sure he said he's got a new album, and he was saying about Creed as well. Apparently, like the there could never be another Creed album unless he was on it because contractually he has to be the singer in Creed or something like that. Well, to be fair, man, Mark Tremonti, Scott Phillips, and Brian, whatever his name is, moved Blessed. on from Brian Blessed. From, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they went on to Alter Bridge, and Alter Bridge is 10 times bigger than Creed I wouldn't say that Creed ever was because when Creed were big, they were huge. They were Human clear, fucking yeah, man. And uh, weathered when they released yeah. that tune, "My Sacrifice," and mm-hmm. and six six feet down, I think it's called. I won't lie, right? I, I I was a Creed fan. Six back feet in the day. from the edge, and That's I'm it. thinking. I was a Creed fan back in the day, and I still listen to that now and then now. And that first record was the one that that wasn't big, and it's fucking brilliant. There's some great songs on that. Um, Which is the one Poppy, that's got so. bullets on? Uh, weathered. His first track on Weathered. And what Which if was their last? What if is on Human Clay? I think. Yeah, I think. But um, yeah, they they've done some great tunes, and um, I still listen to them now and then now. But Scott Stapp is like in a dream world. He insisted, well, he didn't insist, but like he suggested Creed reform, which they did in like 2009, 2010. And they released a new record called full circle and they went on tour. But he, from what I heard this in an interview from Mark Tremont himself, they did it and they were up for it. But by the time it came to touring it and stuff like that, it was kind of begrudgingly doing it. Mm -hmm. The record isn't great. And their biggest focus now is Alterbridge, obviously, because that's yeah. the better band and it's the one that's more relevant. 
and it's more their band. Because like you just said, Creed, as much as Mark Tremont is now quite a, you know, pretty well-known guitar player and Alter Bridge are a big, well-known band, Creed, people think Scott Stapp. Yeah. But even Mark Tremont has said there'll never be another Creed record. Like he is, He has no interest in reforming Creed at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Scott Stapp can say there'll never be another Creed record, Creed record without me. Yeah, well, but there won't be one that, anyway. Because Mark Tremonti is like I think he he named four people in the band that had to be in the band for it to be a Creed record. So well, that's that makes sense. I can understand that. Like if he said if he said there'll never be another Sorry, Creed record without all four. <coughs> if he said there'd never be another Creed record without all four original members of Creed. Because otherwise it wouldn't be Creed. I could kind of respect what you're it's saying. It's a bit of respect, yeah. But I, I, I feel like what he's saying is there'd never be another Creed record if them three boys wanted to reform without me, which they wouldn't want to do because they did that already and called it Alter Bridge and it's fucking better. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, more for for today's audience, it's better if Creed were making Creed songs the way Creed were making Creed songs in the late nineties, early two thousands, then. They'd have disappeared by now anyway. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be good to listen to no. by modern audiences. I'll tell you what, though. I think the first Creed record is worth a listen. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called My Own Prison. That's uh, a, I'm aware that's a good of the record, name. Man. I'm not sure that I know it off the top it's, of my head. It's, so the, the title track, My Own Prison, is brilliant. Um, There's a song on it called... Uh, fuck me, what's it called? There's one called One that, that that's not bad. The f- the first three or four tracks on the record are brilliant, and there's one called Sister that's really good. But it it's it's still Scott Stapp's voice, but musically, it's a lot more. It's a lot heavier, and it's a lot more raw, and it's really underproduced. You can tell it was done on a small budget. Do you know this? It all lends itself to it to a sound that was really cool. And then the second record came out, and they'd gone huge, and it just it was suddenly pop. The two thousand, well, the late nineties, um, had a lot of albums where you'd have like four. It's almost like they wrote an EP and were forced into making an album. There's like three or four songs on it that are like, yeah, they're pretty good, and then a massive lull until you get to like the last two <laughs> yeah. songs, and it's like, it's filler. Oh, yeah, that's all right. It's filler, man. I mean, yeah. how it's so many records suffer from that, and I, f- I feel like. Now and then you'll get a record comes out like Viscera. That going back to that record, that record is one that they weren't contractually obliged to write. They weren't making the the last um, fit for an autopsy record. See a tragic beast is the same. No one's forcing this band to write a record. No one's saying to them, "Look, we need another three singles out here." No one's doing any of that shit. Bands like that are doing what they do because that's what they do. And you know, those are the records that don't have filler on. Everything is to be expected. The thing is, with this is basically what you're saying in a roundabout way. It's the reason that a second album's so difficult because the first album, you've got all the time in the world to write all the tracks you want, make it the way that you want it to sound, and that's yeah. why they tend to have a lot of good songs on your first album. It doesn't always make sense start to finish as like one coherent piece, but the, it's like full of yeah, good man. songs. And then the second album. You've got something to prove. You've got a yeah a very difficult task in making it better than your last album, and 
you're also you've got a certain amount of time that they expect another album from you so you've got to stuff songs in there that even if that's you don't it. think it's it's you know cooked do you know what that's bands like tool i mean 13 years is a bit excessive but even metallica <laughs> like eight years for metallica between yeah. releasing the last two records and yeah the financial restra- restraints and the time restraints aren't there anymore so they can do what they want exactly and i mean that kind of freedom as a musician is 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 necessary I think I don't think you can you're not going to some people in some careers work better under pressure that's yeah. fair enough even I've even heard people like directors and stuff talk about how you know if I was given 10 years to make a film it would be sloppy but when they tell me I've got 6 months to get the entire shoot done I'll get my best work because that kind of pressure helps me work well that's fair enough but that's six months to produce the final product once the writing is already done if if you said to a band like i've got you've got six months to record this record or you've got three weeks to record this record that kind of pressure might help but you can't tell people you've got three weeks to write a record because creativity that that it comes when it wants exactly and i I mean i I know it sounds really cliched and kind of fucking hippie but you can't choke that kind of stuff with with you can't be creative because someone's telling you to be creative it happens when it happens and there isn't any kind of um there's no i can't find the word i'm looking for there's there's nothing that will push it forward there's no search for inspirado you yeah, know you I mean? can't that shit. exactly it just happens when it happens now that if that's a big factor to me in when a band gets big you can almost guarantee like we talked about slip not only you can almost guarantee that the band will end up going downhill because they're huge so the record company is telling them right you're going to go on tour for the next nine months then you're going to have christmas off for a week um then we've got the studio booked in february but in january you're playing uh you've got uh seven dates to play in 21 days um so we need the album written really now so that in february you can go in and record and you've got um a six week window to record and it's we've got the release date so before they've even written it they're telling them the next album is due out in june yeah and it needs to be mastered for a month before that so, it so needs while to they're be on tour and stuff like that, trying to do the last album, they've got to be writing on the bus. Exactly. And don't get me wrong, loads of people will talk about excellent songs that they've written that they wrote on the road. But that's because the inspiration hit them and they just wrote it. Yeah. It's not because some fucking dickhead in an office was breathing down their neck, how many new tracks have you come out with? Well, this so is far? it. I mean, the, the amount of times I've heard, oh, yeah, I wrote this song in 10 minutes in a diner on the scrap of paper because I just got inspired. But you'd can't say right i need a fucking song out of you in 10 minutes here's a scrap of paper exactly how many how many of the greats no matter how simple musically or lyrically it might be how many of the greats from from bob dylan's rolling stone to fucking peripheries well ziggle rocks anything you know something super complicated like that how many of them do you think would have been produced if they were literally given a window to produce it it wouldn't happen. Bob Dylan didn't write mm. Rolling Stone because someone said to him, I need a new song by tomorrow. No. And that's literally three chords. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I, it was um, 
I was I say do you know what a lot I've noticed that in the last five minutes. Um <laughs> I was listening to I, I was like flicking through YouTube shit. And um there's this collaboration that Jared Dines and loads of other YouTubers, guitarists and Oh the big shred thing. Yeah. And I was like it's cool, but I wouldn't listen to it out of choice because it sounds kinda well, it sounds manufactured. It sounds like you put a bunch of people in a room and told them to write something, and that's what they came up yeah, with. Yeah, completely. And it's, it's, it's showing off the skills. It's cool. But they all look like YouTubers. They don't look like yeah. people in bands. Like Jared Dines, his face when he's drumming, he looks like he's trying to look like a drummer. But Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, face, he can play. Oh, for sure. He's, he's a sick drummer. but If he is a sick guitarist like as well. Yeah. But he wouldn't be famous if it wasn't for youtube his band no. weren't going to be big and there's a di there is a difference yeah i mean i've just joined two weeks ago i joined a group on facebook it's literally just called guitar jams um it's a long kind of odd family tree in this group but basically this bloke started the group because he can't gig at the moment like all of us, you know? So we started this group and basically invited his friends who are guitarists from bands he's played with all around the country. And I happen to know some of them. So, and they've invited friends. I was one of the people that was invited. It's now up to like 120 members. Every day he nominates one person in the group to post a backing track to the group. And then if you feel like it, you jam along to the backing track, film yourself doing it and post you jamming to the backing track. I've done it myself. I've put four or five up in the last two weeks. Um, and I'm one of the lesser guitarists on that group. And it's already to me starting to feel like, right, I've got to write something to fit that backing track. Mm. And it shouldn't be. That's why I've kind of stepped back from it a little bit. Yeah, and just kind like, of do it if you want to. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I just put, and it's nothing to do with them. The group's a brilliant idea and they're a lovely set of blokes, but they... There's no element of competition. It has got a little bit clicky, if I'm honest. I feel like there's this inner circle that, and don't get me wrong, they're not nasty when I say clicky. I don't mean they disclude anyone. They've been really inclusive to everyone. They've been super encouraging of me because I, I'm a rhythm player. I'm not a lead guy. Some of these dudes are shredding up and down. One of them, one guy has been giving theory lessons on the group so people can expand into different modes and stuff with their playing. And that seemed a good place to do it because they can use it in these jams. That was really nice. You know, there's some really cool guys on there but they've been super encouraging of me because i've said like well you know i'm not much of a lead player so it's not going to be like the stuff everyone else is putting up but i recorded this tonight and stuff and they've been super encouraging and, and really supportive and it's it's a nice group but at the same time i put myself in this place where at work i was thinking i've got to listen to today's backing track and tonight i've got to try and find time to go and and do this or on a weekend when rachel's at work because she's on nights i would go down in the cellar for hours like before we've we've been getting together on playstation on a weekend for two or yeah. three hours every time we've done that for two or three hours before i've locked myself in the cellar trying to knock three jams out each day and it was just this weekend just gone i was like why the fuck am i doing this to myself what am i trying to prove being obsessive it's cool to have it i mean just to to listen to them and jam to them is cool but well, this Don't, is the thing. Why, why, why pressure yourself into showing that you've done it? The first thing I said when they invited me in, 
uh, I accepted the invitation and whatnot, but I spoke to the guys in there that I knew, and I basically said, you know, I don't think I'm going to post anything, but it's nice to be invited. And I've, I've watched a lot of the other guys playing, and it's really cool. And they were really encouraging. They were like, dude, you know, we, we've all seen you play, and you know exactly what you're doing. There's no reason you, you're no lesser of a guitarist than any of the guys on it. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I can't shred. I can't play at speed. I'm If I play lead, it's it's more melodic. And I said, well, just do that then. There's nothing wrong. It doesn't make it worse because it's slower. If it's melodic and it's slow and that's what works, do that. That's your style. And I was like, all right, well, that's that makes sense. That's encouraging. So I yeah. put one up and, you know, I got the same response everyone else got. Dude, that, yeah, that was awesome. I like what you did in that part. So I started putting more on. Last weekend, I went in on in the cellar on a Friday night, and I did two. On Saturday, I was planning on going down. The, the Saturday's backing track was a Slash-esque backing track. Right. So I was looking up Slash licks and stuff, thinking, oh, I'll have to drop this. And on Saturday night, I just thought, why the fuck am I bothering? What do am it I for doing? yourself if you want to do it. If you think, yeah, I might use that in, like, you know, if we do – a GNR song and you feel like chucking a lick in. Exactly. Now, don't get me wrong. What I ended up doing on Saturday was getting a guitar out and looking over this stuff and playing along with it and just not bothering recording any of it. Yeah, well, that's and it. And that was Freedom. fun. Suddenly it was fun again. So on Sunday, I didn't even fucking bother. And I haven't recorded anything since. This weekend when Rach is at work, I'll look over the past week's jams. And if there's any that stand out, I'll have a go. But I was yeah, I boxed myself into this position for no fucking reason other than you're crazy. The, see, the thing is, right? I've always had this philosophy, and I've tried to instill it in my kids as well. It does not fucking matter what anyone else thinks of you. If you're happy and you're not hurting anyone, do what you love. Do whatever makes you happy as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. And fuck whatever anyone else thinks. I mean, I've had stupid haircuts, I dress like a prick. I listen to music other people don't like. I've I wear clothes that people think, you know, even the prints on t-shirts. I say stuff that people think we I don't give a shit. I genuinely don't give a fuck what anyone thinks of me. But when it comes to as long as I'm not hurting anyone, you know what I mean? I, if if making you happy is cutting prostitutes up, you should probably not do that. But Aww. if you're not hurting anyone or do it but don't get caught Okay. But you, you know what I'm getting at? Like, just be you. There's nothing wrong yeah, with who you are and enjoy yourself and be happy and do what you love and fuck everyone else. If someone else doesn't like it, that's their problem, not yours. But when it comes to music, it's my own insecurities that I need the approval of other musicians. I need them to tell me that I need them to validate my ability as a musician because I've spent 27 years doing it. And yeah. I I need them to tell me that was worthwhile. Do you know what I mean? Validate me. It, it, that's it. I'm just, that's what this group was about. I found myself yeah. basically screaming for their approval by putting these things up. And I've just decided in the end, why do I care what they think? Why should I care? I mean, it, it, you have to convince yourself that that doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a weird place to be in when in every other aspect of my life, the only people's whose opinion... Uh, I, I care about are those closest to me, like you boys in the band, my wife, my kids. It, you know, to some extent, I don't even care what my mum and dad think of me. My mother is 
always telling me I look like a prick. She tells me, <laughs> she does. She tells me, oh, your hair looks stupid because I've always got a mohawk or like an undercut that's a foot long. And she tells me that I look daft with tattoos. She tells me um, when I grow a beard, that it doesn't suit me because it, it's not particularly thick. And, and I'm like, do you know what? If you don't like my beard, don't grow a fucking beard. You know what I mean? If you, if you don't like my haircut, don't get this haircut yourself. Yeah. It's I even my own mother. I'm not particularly, I know my mother loves me. I get on fine with her. I don't give a shit if she approves of the way I dress. I want my wife to, I care what she thinks of me. I care what you think of me and you know, you and, and a small group of people that I would say are my best friends. They, their opinions are important. But other than that, and it, to be honest, even that's only to a degree. If you told me I had a fucking idiot's haircut, I wouldn't give a fuck. But if you told me that I'm a sloppy guitar player and I'm not as good enough to to hold my position in the band, that would fucking hurt. You know what I mean? Music is the thing that I want approval for. And it's I only from thing, other musicians. <clears throat> I think the thing about it as well is, because I suffer from it as well, you're like, it takes. I think we all it, do. It take. It takes nothing to knock me down, but it takes so much for me to kind of get to a place where I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. If somebody then turns around and says, "Yeah, you're not that hot shit, dude," that'll instantly make me go, "Right, yeah. well, fuck it. What the fuck am I bothering for?" I a hundred percent. I agree with that. And the daft thing is, right? It's we can make jokes at each other. Like, how many times do we? In the middle of a song, one of us will make a mistake and we look at each other. This is on stage in front of potentially, what's the biggest crowd we ever played to? About 1,500 people? in um, Yeah, something like that, man. We've made mistakes in front of crowds like that and looked at each other and just laughed. Yeah. Like, you, you'll miss a beat or you'll drop a stick or I forget lyrics. That's it. I literally hit the, the context. In the context of our band, we're in it together. We're a unit. If, exactly. if somebody fucks something up, you know that 10 minutes later, someone else is going to drop exactly. a note somewhere. Even, even in the break or after the show, we could literally say to each other, fucking hell, what was that? What the fuck were you doing? And it'd just be a giggle. No one would take offense yeah. by it. But if after the show, you said to me, dude, you fucking sucked tonight. Like you were, and it's not just tonight. Like, honestly, you're just fucking messy. That's different. You know what I mean? That's There's a difference between having a laugh about making a mistake like everyone does and genuinely wanting the approval of your peers. Yeah. And it's a tough place to get out of once you've realized you've slipped into it. It's weird, man. It's like, you know, tonight I spent about half an hour trying to find a way, you know, the, the so we've been recording um, for, to get bigger gigs, we've made a demo. It's only covers, obviously, but to get bigger gigs through uh, an online agent, we need a bunch of recordings. So we've been doing that and they're nearly finished. Yeah. We have them in this Google Drive. So only we've got access to them at the moment because they're not, the final mixes haven't been done and whatnot. On the Guitar Jams group that I was talking about, someone started a new thread today. So let's uh, tell tell everyone about your band. And lots of people are linked to YouTube pages or Spotify accounts and things like that where you can hear their bands. And I thought, oh, we've got some recordings. I'm pretty proud of them. I can post it because Daz is on this group as well. So I tagged okay. him in it and I was like, oh, uh, I play in a band with Daz Clark and we're called The Department and we've been recording recently. Because they were in Google Drive, I 
couldn't find a way to post them to Facebook. Even after I emailed one of the tracks to myself, I then couldn't share it from my email. So I gave up. But why did I spend half an hour wanting to put that up there just so they could hear it and tell me that it was good? Yeah. I'm, I already know it's good. I know we've done a good job. And the thing is, I listened to some of the other stuff that people put up. And yeah, some of it was great. Some of it wasn't great sounding, but obviously well played. Some of it was live recordings on YouTube and stuff where the sound quality is fucking shocking. There's no way on earth if, if I'd have posted our stuff that that would have been even in the lower half in terms of quality of playing and, and whatnot. We'd have been in the upper end of it. Why do I need them to tell me that? I already know You don't, it. David. You don't. It's weird. It's, it's, an it's odd okay, place. Dave. It's an odd place to be. We have gone on for a while again. We have, man. This is like two hours nearly, man. <laughs> Fuck it. They're all going to be two hours. Who gives a shit? But I did... Well, we'll keep it brief, I guess, now. But I wanted to ask you, speaking about Facebook, actually leads us on nicely to it. So just recently, no, as we said before, no one can gig. But there's been a whole bunch of gigs happening online. People that yeah. bands are playing from their own homes. And what's really cool is a lot of, well, all of them, from what I can tell, are doing it remotely. So every member of the band See, is in a different location. I'm not sure how separate the location is, though, because I'm like, um, I'm not sure that the Travis Barker one, that people were in different locations. They were just in a different room. Yeah, because that's not still isolation, I guess. That's still yeah, distant. I'm not sure that they were in a different building. But some of them were definitely yeah. very, very far away. Like I so sometimes it, I think they record separately and then glue see, it together that's afterwards. I, that's what I thought. But in some cases that can't be done because it's going out live. Yeah. So Lady Gaga put this big show on recently where all these big stars performed from home. The Stones did it. You know, the Stones were mm -hmm. on. They were all in their own houses and um what's the name of the drummer from is it charlie watts yeah from, yeah he wasn't even playing a drum kit he was playing on record boxes yeah you know what i mean and it sounded cool well he wasn't playing it, it was it was a pre-recorded drum part wasn't it oh I, to be honest I've, i saw maybe 30 seconds of it i can't say yeah, and it, it was, was on my phone as well so it's not he like was just it was he great. was just like air drum into a pre-recorded drum uh, now you could tell Ronnie Wood was playing live because he, to my ear at least, fucked up like at least twice. He was super out of time. I guess there was a lag. You couldn't hear Keith Richards properly because he was playing on the acoustic, and Ronnie Wood's electric was far louder. But I got the impression, even then, with those problems, as far as the technology allows, it's incredible that you can put out a video where you're all live in different spots. Yeah, but. How do you feel about it? That's uh, What's your opinion on these remote gigs happening? Because they are now everywhere. Like, there's been some good ones. You mentioned Travis Barker. That was when he was playing with Post Malone. I don't know who the bassist and the other guitarist were, but Post Malone yeah. decided to, for charity, he would do uh, a gig. Uh, they did 15 Nirvana covers. And I personally, I thought, because I'm not a Post Malone fan at all, I couldn't tell you a single song by him. Uh, I have apparently, my brother tells me that he did something on Into the Spider-Verse on that soundtrack. Didn't stand out, not my kind of thing, whatever. But I thought he did a fucking brilliant job putting that together and it sounded massive. The guitars, the drums, the bass, 
it sounded so full. Like when they kicked in with the uh, in bloom, man. Yeah, it man. Was, it sounded perfect. You didn't like his voice, did you? It to me, it just sounds like a mediocre pub singer doing a Nirvana I, impression. I don't think he did a bad job. Like the one that he was all right. Was, he, uh, Francis Farmer. That was the yeah. one that stood out because it's that chorus isn't easy to sing, as much as it might not sound it. To do it properly, that is, you know, that uh, I miss the comfort in being said with that with the right grit and stuff while you're playing. That's not the easiest thing to do, and yeah. I thought he sounded fucking mint doing that. But that's like that's it. The bits where it was singing with a bit of grit was okay. It was the bits where it had to feel like, like I, I said it on a. Uh, posting on Facebook, I think. Oh, that, talking to Ruben. Yeah, it was like it's not about being able to hit the notes. It's about being able. The, the, Kurt Cobain had something that you can't learn and you can't. Yeah, completely. That was just build. Him. You can't make exactly, and it it doesn't matter. You can make it. Is it's like you can't play Stevie Ray Vaughan. Because Stevie yeah. Ray Vaughan is a, a one-time thing, got or what amp you're using, you could have his rig. You're not going to sound like Stevie yeah. Ray Vaughan, exactly. And you're not going to sound like Kurt Cobain. You're not going to have the feeling that he put into it because he wrote those songs. Yeah, that's completely what he but, was wanting to portray. But that said, is it is it still valid to do your own version of that? Because if that's what Post Malone was doing, he did a good job. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm like you say. I, I I thought he sounded like, for the most part, not for the whole thing. Like you say, there was standout moments where he was doing a really good job of just doing. You know, he was just doing a good job of the songs, mm. but then there was moments, a lot of moments, when I just thought it sounded like he was doing a pub singers in, uh, impression I know, what, of I know what you mean I mean I, I didn't watch the whole thing I watched about half of it uh, with the intention of going back and watching it all later and I, I just I haven't gone back to it yet so I, I watched maybe the first half and I think Francis Farmer was actually the first song if not the second it was really early on what it about, just fucking gripped me you know I was what about I was um, <laughs> Puddle of Mud sweet Jesus <laughs> Now, I've, I've seen. I've seen. What's he thinking? After I've after I'd seen that, I saw a previous live live video of him doing the same song with Puddle of Mud, and it sounded much better, but not perfect. But right, that, well, oh my goodness, he was unprepared. Fuck knows why he thought in rehearsal that that was fine. Have you? Let's, of let's course you have, but have. You've seen um, Big Trouble in Little China yeah, Town, right? So, there's no um, town on it. It's no. Big Trouble in Little China. But the song is Big Trouble in Little China Town. So, fair enough. So, so take that in, you fucking asshole. But, um, right up. Yeah, so, you know that guy just before he explodes into yeah, lead? Who makes himself fucking full Huge. of wind? Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking was. Uh, Three Storms. To, what's his name? I want to call him Wes Scantlin, but it's not. What's his name? I think it is well Wes Scantlin. Something. It's not Wes Borland. It's not Wes Bentley. Mud Wes. 
West Scantland, yeah, it's shit. Yeah. Brent's better than I thought it was. I um, always think West uh, West Bentley. That's the actor. So yeah, I th- when he starts trying to hit the <laughs> bit of it, he looks like he's going to blow up. It's honestly, man. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that in rehearsal it wasn't bad, and just on the day, like he had a bad <laughs> throat or whatever. Wouldn't you? I can. I tell you now, right? If we were just, if it was a full gig, like with all the stuff that goes into a full gig, even for us in a pub, it's not easy to say, can we tune everything down now? That's tough. No. But when it's two acoustics and a bass, if my throat wasn't right, I would straight say to Daz and uh, and Sam, drop it an octave. <laughs> drop it. Drop an octave. Fucking hell. Like just drop it another uh, a half step. Drop it a full step, because otherwise I'm going to fuck this up. And you know what? They might not be happy about it. But what would they rather? Like, tune it down and we get through it, or keep it where it is and it sounds like that. And everyone's going to piss themselves. Did you see that bassist during... Oh, he was fucking shit-eyeing him as well. He was like giving... Everyone was giving him the stink eye while they were singing. No surprise. Do you think he left the stage thinking that went well, or do you think he knew straight away, like, I fucked this up? You know, uh, this is taking us on for fucking ages, but did you see when... um... Metallica were covering Prince songs. Did oh, when it, when it when it was just when in Baltimore. Uh, Rob, Rob, Rob Trujillo and Kirk Hammett. Yeah, and they were yeah, like high fiving so each other in the middle of stage. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was terrible. Me. Are you proud they, of that, guys? <laughs> what they do is in the middle of those big gigs, they pick a band from that place or an artist from that place, and the two of them just do a quick medley, just musical uh, medley of their songs and they did when doves cried didn't they yeah and... wrong completely <laughs> fucking, fucking wrong. awful and then like you say then they're high-fiving but i couldn't help but think when they were high-fiving maybe not kirk hammett but rob trujillo at least was high-fiving like dude this was shit <laughs> yeah, like, this will be got fun to the appearance that that yeah. we're okay with what we just did but i'm not okay <laughs> with what we just did at all <laughs> but these, you see like these youtube gigs and stuff i mean that that puddle of mud thing to be fair has gone viral but it was never meant to be worldwide it was like a a, a frisco radio station yeah. show or something like that and it's gone viral because of how bad it was but these live gigs that are going on now what what's your opinion of the the whole idea of because like there's been one or two that have been good the the post malone nirvana thing i thought was was probably the best of them. The Lady Gaga the one's thing getting the most coverage at the moment, definitely. It was, it, and it deserves it. It's bit, and it was such a surprise because, like, if it was say Puddle of Mud covering Nirvana, it would kind of been expect a big deal. It. Exactly. Yeah. But it Post Malone doing a doing a fifteen song like all Nirvana live show from his house. Yeah. Cool. I'm, yeah, of course I'm going to look at that. And you know, the first time I looked at it, I expected it to be bad. I thought I was going to come out laughing. But it's it was really good, and then the Lady Gaga thing that she organised, she basically called a whole bunch of her famous friends, and she got her agent to contact another agent who knew a load more famous people, and she asked them would they be interested. And loads of them have done it, and it was all for charity. And it's a good idea. Some of them performances were great. Elton John was really good. Stevie Wonder was really good. Stevie Wonder actually uh, opened with a Bill Withers tune, um, "Lean on Me," mm-hmm. and "Lean on Me" when Stevie Wonder sings it sounds like. I hate to say it because he's only just passed away, but it sounds like Bill Withers 
really should have written it for Stevie Wonder. He sings it so well. But he only does like one verse and one chorus and then goes into his own stuff. Yeah. And that was good. Lady Gaga, I haven't watched her part that she did herself, but apparently that was really good. But I know she's got a fucking phenomenal voice. So you can understand if she's just sitting at a piano or whatever, she's going to be I always think she sounds very different on record to how she sounds live. Not in a bad way, just different. Well, on, on record, she's overproduced pop. Yeah. Whereas whereas live, she's got a real genuine talent. Like and I've she's seen grown her, into it. Her early, like her early performances sounded to me personally, I didn't enjoy her voice, but she's grown into her voice a bit. My favorite performance I ever saw of her was at an airport, someone filming it on their phone. She was in a bar in what I assume was like, you know, the first class lounge or whatever. And someone has asked her to sing a song. So she sat at this piano and sang a song. I don't know what song it was, but it was fucking breathtaking. Like she literally just, she was caught unawares in a bar waiting for a flight and she sits at a piano and fucking does not drop a note. And it's it's up, you know what I mean? It's one of those diva songs, like her voice. It's more like, um, the way I remember it, it was more like a church song, like a gospel style tune. It was mm -hmm. really up there and she fucking nailed it. Now, don't get me wrong, to just sit at a piano, if, if, if you pick up a guitar and someone's asked you to play a song, you're going to play a song that you know that you've played a hundred times. And that's what she's done. She's played something that she's very familiar with. That doesn't make it easy. She was fucking phenomenal. So her section on this gig, I imagine, was very good, as, as people have said it was. But I can't help but think that a lot of them are going to be shit. Like Just what? Exactly. Some of them will be really good. Devin There's Townsend has been doing a series of them. He did one yeah. recently for the NHS. And Devin Townsend's music is so huge and, and sonically full there's no way he could do that on his own. So what no. he's done is him with a guitar. He's singing and playing like the rhythm line. And there's a back all the other guitars, drums, bass, all the synth stuff because you know he has all that big synth heavy stuff yeah. going on. That's all on a backing track. That sounds good, but how live is that? Mm. Do you, do you know what I'm? Yeah, getting well, at? I do. I but I guess it's like it is live because he's playing live. And he's singing live. Yeah, and he's very good. So, Don't get me wrong. Like I say, his are among the better ones. But I can't help but think we're a few months into it and it's a good thing these people are doing. But I I want it to carry on while we're in a situation where that's the best we can get. And then but you I want it to fuck off. But then I want <laughs> it to fucking die forever. Because it seems, even though a lot of them are doing it for charity... I don't know, maybe I'm being really cynical and misanthropic. No, I get the impression, I, like, I was saying about that, the, like I was saying about that Guitar Jams group where it's like it feels like you're doing it for approval. I can't help but think that some of these people are doing it just to say, look how fucking cool I am. Yeah. And it's... And like, yeah, the, like they're up in the profile by being caring at a time where everybody yeah. bums a carer. And do, do you know, it's... The other aspect of it as well is a genuine musician, someone with real talent like Lady Gaga does it, you know that's going to be good and you, you can watch it and you because it doesn't matter where she plays. If it's just her at a piano, she's naturally talented, so it'll work. Stevie yeah. Wonder's the same, Elton John. Uh, the Rolling Stones, they're so iconic that even when they do something, I didn't realize they were pre-recorded parts, but even if they do what they did. Just the drums, I think. 
either, well, yeah, it did sound that way, to be fair. And the bass must have been because none of them were playing bass. So oh, okay. Mick Jagger had an acoustic. He was obviously singing and playing his acoustic. Keith Richards was doing the low harmony uh, and playing an acoustic, which, to be honest, you couldn't hear. Ronnie Wood was making mistakes, like in terms of the timing. He was coming in ever so slightly late. I assume that was a latency thing. There'll be a lag on it because he was in a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still fun to watch, and this is the most. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be perfect because it's one of the most iconic bands in the world playing from their own homes. You know, how long is it going to be till fucking five seconds of summer are doing it, and suddenly that's important? Are they even a thing? Yeah, Chloe has got tickets to go. Soon she was mortified really? that cancelled, but she just Jeez. got an email today saying no refunds because every ticket will be rescheduled. Well, what if you can't, what if you can't make funny. the new fucking then, schedule? That's bullshit. Yeah, that's the thing. What there's no refunds now because everything's being re. It never said no refunds. It just said, you know, dudes, hold on to them tickets because every show is going to be rescheduled. We're working hard to do that now. Uh, as soon as we've got the dates and stuff, you'll be notified, um, like when that show is. Mm. And I assume that then, obviously, if you can't make it, refunds will be available. Yeah. Whatever, but. And that's fair enough. I can't knock them for that. But what I'm saying is you've got genuine talent and musicians and people like Post Malone that have decided to do something different. And that was genuinely surprising because he pulled it off really well. That's all very well and good. But how long until this just empty fucking, I mean, I say five seconds of summer just because that's the band that came to head because my 17-year-old daughter thinks they're awesome mm-hmm. and they're just a nothing band. But how long till bands like that are doing it and suddenly that's seen as important? Because check us out, we're still playing, we can play from home. No one fucking cares if you can play from home. No when, one what, cares, Dave. You might when, as well be just playing at home to yourself. Exactly, exactly that. Why film it? If what you're doing is of that little substance and impact, then why bother putting it out on the internet? I don't know, Dave. It isn't but, important. But Do you know what again, is important? What's that? Sleep. Yeah, I guess we have gone on a while. It's right, like I'm going to do past midnight, and I'm knackered. Yeah, I've got to be at work at six. That's bullshit. I've got to get up at six. I'm not going to work tomorrow till like after. I'm getting up at five, but do do your fucking jibber jabber. Sign off, bullshit. Right, everyone should check out. We we're talking about films earlier. Check out uh, Screen Masters. You can find them on um, Spotify, uh, or you can go on Facebook. They are the Screen Masters on Facebook. Uh, if you're into wrestling, you can find the second turnbuckle also on um, Spotify and all your big, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, all, all the platforms. For us personally, you can get us on Facebook at Phil and Dave EA or just search heavy in all caps. Um, you will find our page and pinned to the top of that uh, all our contact details, such as Twitter, where we are and underscore excellent. Uh, you can get us on YouTube, search Bite Back Media. You can get us on Patreon if you search Bite Back Media. If you uh, would like to contribute, that's fantastic. That would be lovely. Every little helps. Uh, you can email us at philanddaveea at gmail.com. As I said, you can get us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, you can now, apparently, I heard, no one told me, I just heard it on the Screen Masters podcast, mm. we're now available on the Google podcast. Well, the, hell. All of these links you don't need to remember, because if you go to uh, the Facebook page, as I said, that's at Phil and Dave EA, or just search Heavy in Capitals, we are pinned to the top of the page. 
sorry, all our contact is pinned to the top of the page. Whichever one you find us on, it might not seem like much, but you don't know how much it helps us if you leave, uh, uh, if you hit the bell, subscribe, give it a like, uh, share it on things like Apple Podcasts, especially those the reviews. If you can leave us a five star review, you've got no idea how much that helps. So, um, and you've also got no idea what this podcast is because who would? Well, exactly. It's Phil and Dave's Excellent Adventure, um, which means nothing to to even me, to be honest. So it's not going to mean <laughs> fucking anything to anyone else. This is just us talking shit for two hours. But if you've had a good time, uh, maybe come back next week or in two weeks or whenever the next one's out. And, um, yeah, sweet. We'll see you then. Keep it heavy. Stay inside. Wash your hands, you filthy bastards. <laughs> Not just your hands. You should probably wash all the bits you normally wash too. Tell Slater not to wash his dick. Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 do.